Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the You Can Stand Under My Umbrella Sports Business Podcast, the Sportacast. Ella, 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 hey, hey, hey. Was I supposed to do I mean, we didn't there choreograph this. Was I supposed to do that? Like, that's I the like right it. thing to do, yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah, there's the reference right there. Right, Rihanna, now give me another Scott. Give me more Rihanna. What else you got? Oh, man. Yeah, um, I knew I'd get li- you. Live I your life, it. work. Um, yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. I, I know, honest, I love this. Pop, pop music is not... I'm not sure uh, you're in the demo not, that, you know, smack dab in the middle of the demo. I have seen her live, that. though, when I was a freshman at Princeton in 2006. Humble brag, fall humble of 2006, brag. She sorry, came and played when she was yeah. a, a ver- not a nobody, because Umbrella was out at that point, but she was a, she was a really young star yeah and looking back on that it was pretty wild that she played in front of there's probably two, 200 300 people there at the time right um maybe the smallest concert she's done since then uh but yeah i have seen rihanna live i'm sorry i'm sorry princeton is that where you were the i'll say star member because i'll do you solid of the <laughs> lightweight football team there uh, Evan? Uh, half of that sentence is true i was a member of the uh of the lightweight who was the star do you remember that. who was the star what position Oh man, the captain was Sam Galland, um, and he played on the offensive line and the defensive line, as oh. almost everybody did. So, what did he tip uh, off at like one sixty eight? Right? Uh, oh yeah, he was one of, and I was another one. But there was only like three or four of us that were actually trying to cut weight actively. One seventy two was the weight limit. You had to weigh in on Wednesday and 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 play on Friday. And most teams had their whole teams was weighing one ninety on the street, but. Oh, it would get down to 172 just to weigh in. And we only what, had a few what, of those. So, guys. Light, so light, we were lightweight undersized. football is like wrestling. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Everybody running the, in trash bags. The sweatsuit on the, the on the elliptical. Yeah, trying to trying to cut those last few pounds. Utterly ridiculous. So if, for people who haven't been paying attention to pop culture or the NFL, I mean, I guess those are one and the same, right? <laughs> uh, is, the yeah. reason Eben was coming with umbrella references is that we have a star halftime performer at the Super Bowl. Uh, what do you think about Rihanna? Certainly, I mean, she hasn't performed in a while, right? It's like there's been a bit of a hiatus here. 
So, so two pieces of news kind of wrapped in around this exact topic, Scott, on, on late on Thursday night. And I mean, late the NFL <laughs> announced that Apple was going to be the new presenting sponsor of the Super Bowl halftime show. From what we understand, it's a five-year deal. Apple's paying nearly $50 million a year to be the presenting sponsor there. Is this where I chime in and go, shocking, the NFL got what it wanted? (laughs) Yeah, NFL got exactly the high end of the price range that it was expecting. And then just a few days after that uh, announcement that Rihanna is going to be one of or the uh, main act at the Super Bowl halftime in in February in Phoenix. A huge get, Scott. Uh, This is the biggest... One of the biggest annual dates on the music calendar, 120 million people tune in to watch the game and the halftime show. It's a 12-minute show, but it is one of uh, the most prestigious and and, and most-watched things an artist can do. And under this new partnership with Jay-Z and Rock Nation, the NFL has been kind of rethinking the way it books guests and who those guests are. Last year got a lot of attention for for, for the hip-hop set that they had with Kendrick Lamar and Snoop Dogg and Eminem and Dr. Dre. And Rihanna, another huge get for the Super Bowl this year. I like the way how you remembered all the performers last year. That was good. Right yeah, in my demo. The, no, no offense <laughs> yeah. to the weekend. No offense to the weekend. But I think a bit more excitement for last year's Super Bowl halftime as well as Rihanna will certainly. Uh, you think the first half audience will go up at halftime, stay the same, or go down? I think Rihanna, and I don't know what what it is typically in terms of what the halftime show brings in. Rihanna is a is a obviously a huge name, is also the type of name, and and this is probably intentionally and one of the reasons why they wanted her to do it. Also, someone who is going to bring in people that probably casual, have no interest in watching the yeah, game yeah, yeah. at all, and are going to want to tune in at halftime to see what she's doing with, with with the halftime show. So yeah, I think there's a good chance that you're going to see a significant bump in viewership around halftime just because and and while she performs. Scott, I want to go back real quick to the to the Apple news. If I had told you a week ago, just because you and I were texting at midnight, going, "What? What are we doing? It's midnight. What's happening? Why is this coming out right now?" And if I had told you a week ago, "Oh, the NFL and Apple are going to announce a big partnership," I assume this is not the one that you would have thought would have been the announcement. Sunday ticket is still out there. Everybody has reported the way we understand it. Apple is one of, if not the favorite, to get uh, Sunday ticket. All right, let me chime in because I'm rude. But Go, is please. there any way, is this not a precursor to Apple locking up Sunday tickets? It's exactly you what gonna, I was going to ask like, you. Yeah, if you're yeah. Apple, are you saying, all right, I'm going to fork over the 50 mil you want per year, per annum, for the halftime show, but there's no wink, nod, nudge, nudge that we want the second part of this year. And by the way, we want to be equity stakeholders in some of the other media properties that you have and help grow this thing together. This is about intellectual property and distribution, and Apple does that pretty darn well. By the way, just for fun, there's been a, a charge, a recurring charge on my credit card from Apple. <laughs> like, it's like 1060 something a month okay. that I really just noticed. And I actually had, I really have no idea what it is. No, it's not my focus group of one. He's, he doesn't have any sort of subscription. It's I don't an have, an Apple Apple subscription. don't have an Apple no. Music account. Okay. I, I have no idea what it is, but I had to change my card because of it. Interesting. Yeah. So when I get to the bottom of it, we'll bring it back to the pot. I have no idea what it is. But <laughs> so, certainly a ubiquitous brand, a valuable brand. And you know, if you if you pop open, I didn't see what everybody was complaining about. Uh, and Apple, here comes Apple again. We know they have the MLS deal, by the way. But you know, Aaron Judge, one of the Yankee games was on Apple. Yep. And Friday night. I mean, yeah, and you know, Amazon owns a piece of the Yes network and some of those games if you're if you wanted to watch one of those games for Aaron Judge that was on Amazon, you need cable authentication. So you had to pay. 
one of the things about the Apple game anyway was it was free. <laughs> so outside of the hassle of maybe like, you know, the fogey saying, why, 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 wait, where, what? I don't know. Why is it not on? Yes. Why is Michael K not good? Outside of that, hello, Anthony Krupe, uh, outside of that, like if it had to go somewhere else, the fact that it's being offered for free is, you know, that, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it underscores the fact that sometimes the, the hurdle is not the financial hurdle necessarily. It's the technological hurdle that people would maybe rather have to pay a little bit more to be able to get the game where they're used to getting the game, where there's no nothing new they have to learn than to have a free option to watch the game. But it just has to be done on a totally different platform and one that maybe a lot of baseball fans are, are not comfortable with. I think it to, to me, it's a really interesting point that just highlights that as we talk about all the, all the ways in which sports is fracturing from a media standpoint and all the different places you have to get it, not only is it getting more expensive, which is annoying, uh, but it's also just becoming a something you need to learn about each different platform, the various ways in which you log into them, where you can log into it. Can you do it from your smart TV? Can you do it? Do you have to do it from your computer? What if you don't have a smart TV? Hello, Casa de Sashnik. If you do not have a smart TV. My fire stick wasn't working. My wife wants to watch... You know the Game of Thrones thing, part two, well, whatever. There's the heck your it's answer named. right there. Yeah, I yeah, think it's, brutal, it's that. Brutal. That's the that's the concern is that in addition to financial, the the cost going up, there's also just a lot more things you need to rely on to be able to get each game. Is there anything worse than being a European football fan, soccer fan, in America? I, I mean, I can't keep track of where everything is shown anymore. Like at least MLS, I know where it's going to be. Right? It's going to be Apple. If I need it, I want it. I can watch everything there. But the bifurcation is unbelievable. Like you, you need this is like a Coach K or a Greg Popovich family tree, a coaching tree. Like it just spreads. Into, I, you gotta. We need a, We need a flow chart of where what is. If I want to watch a property, where can I catch it and when and how? An, an, another argument I'm seeing a lot of. I think it's coming out of Thursday night Amazon games because there's obviously so many more people that are watching. Eleven million, by the way, for millions for the second of people week. That, yeah. that are watching NFL games now exclusively on 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 Amazon. The time in which it takes to essentially channel surf when you're when you have to also change platforms entirely is is a big complaint that that I'm hearing a lot of or seeing a lot of on on social media that in a world in cable the the, the NFL game goes to commercials you press a button and you're at the, the last channel you were watching well if you're watching Amazon on the Fire Stick uh, to change the channel when the NFL game goes to commercial you have to go all the way back out to the home straight page you have to load a totally different app then right, work give from me, your app give to get me that. Roger there's Goodell a channel and Brian Rolab's response to that what that that sentence right there what is the response from Roger Goodell and Brian Rolab and Hans Schroeder they, I mean they don't care right like they, no, they no, don't, no 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 there's a response that they care oh they certainly care I don't okay. want to minimize and think they don't care but you said you know, when whatever happens and you change the channel to go look at what I, I mean, I just gave you the hint right there. They say, okay, you want to change the channel. Their response is uh, yeah, I'm not, what, don't, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Changing, changing the, the channel? channel? Yeah, I think yeah, that's what are exactly you doing? Changing right. the channel? Keep but, keep it right where it is. That's how so many, especially sports fans, where there's you and football, there's just ubiquitous commercials. That's how a lot of people are used to watching these things. And 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 another kind of product of having all these things on different platforms now is that it becomes actually fairly difficult to bounce around during sporting events because of the time it takes yeah. to unload, get a new app up, and then you know when, when it comes time to flip let back, do the whole thing again. Let me see if I have this right, and this will be a little bit of the entertainment portion of the show. Let me see if I have this right, okay? Yeah. Uh, timeout, commercial. Field goal, commercial. Kickoff, commercial. Injury, commercial. Run a play, commercial. <laughs> is, that yes. how, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, commercials. Yeah, they're all... They're all yeah. 
they're all plural. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a fascinating one. And I, I, that is something I had not actually thought that much about because of the way that I watch sports is not the way that I think a lot of people do. But um, yeah, interesting to see how, how, how complaints about, about channel surfing and being able to change the channel, uh, quote unquote channel, how that picks up the more and more that, that different sports are on different platforms. One of my favorite things to do, as you know, is educate the kind of average fan in the sports business world, what's going on. How much fun is it when you can go to a hockey game live and people are like, well, why aren't they playing? And I, and I look down and I point, I'm like, do you see that red light that's on over there? Mm-hmm. That tells the referees that the game is in commercial. Yeah. No, no game. You watch, <laughs> as soon as that red light goes off, they will drop the puck. They're like, really? I didn't know that. I'm like, if you know anything about the business of sports, understand that the media component of this and soon real estate, but that'll, you know, that's, that's a whole different ball of wax. The media drives everything. It is the largest source of revenue, eclipsing tickets. I think for that's the first time a few years ago where media eclipsed tickets. And by the way, the NFL New Deal hasn't even kicked in yet. The NBA is talking about two and a two, two and a half, three X from where they are now. And that was the last time when Ted Leontis proclaimed on the day of the new media, what a great time to be an NBA owner. Now you're multiplying that. They're in labor talks. The players want a piece of everything. They want some equity in the teams. They want 18-year-olds back in the game. What a great time to be alive in sports business. And by the way, this somehow, and I don't know how we get here because we plan the show like, you know, we, we spend a good five minutes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we got here from literally my headline right here is we're going to talk about Super Bowl halftime, but it's all interconnected. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable how it's all connected. How are we talking about Apple, Amazon, red lights at hockey games, 18 year olds? It is all interconnected. And it connects to our next topic, Scott. And staying well done. In the well NFL, done, Novi Williams. Staying in the NFL family for a second. A new Pro Bowl. The NFL announced on Monday doing away with the tackle football all-star game that they've had for so long. The, the, the new rethinking includes, and they're calling this the Pro Bowl games, but a series of, of various competitions between Pro Bowlers in, in, in the week leading up to a flag football game. No surprise, Scott Peyton Manning and his Omaha Productions is involved here. What are your thoughts on what felt like a very staid product, both for fans and also, as you're talking about, for for media? What do you think about this new look Pro Bowl? Well, I don't think they had a choice, really. I mean, it's it's the smart way to go in a game where injury is commonplace. It's not an if you're going to get hurt, it's a when. You can't have 300-pound guys in a game that means nothing hitting each other for real and tackling and in knees and ankles and you, you just can't have it. Okay, so let's remove that part. And it, it took the NFL. I mean, the, by the way, the NFL has been cognizant of this. People have been complaining about the boring Pro Bowl that means nothing for years and still six to seven million people will get in front of their TV and watch this meaningless game. That is the power of the NFL. That said, how do you do better, right? And in a world where you can have Peyton and Eli and entertainers and betting, who can throw the ball the farthest, who can throw the most through the hoop, the whole whatever, from 30 yards? Who's going to run the fastest 40? Not Darren Ravel. You know, on, on all the, but one of my favorite videos of all time, by the way, Darren, love it. But yeah, I mean, this just makes, you're marrying here again from Super Bowl, Rihanna, entertainment, casual fans, not football fans. Here's the funnel, right? 
How do we get people in our universe? How do we get them? And by the way, let us not ignore one of the big components of this is now going to be a flag football game. The NFL has a very big global flag football push. This is how you win fans who don't play American football around the world. They certainly play flag football. That's an easy thing to get. I want to play. It's outside. It's fun. It, it, it's also, by the way, high female participation. That converts. Well, that's another push of the NFL to bring more women. Uh, and they say it's 50-50 now. Imagine a world where more than 50% of your fan base is female. That'd be great for the NFL, right? They're trying to figure out how do we win fans around the world. There's almost a saturation point in the U.S. So how do you win fans? They're going to London again this week. I'll be in London for uh, the activities surrounding the Jaguars and the Broncos later on, you know, coming up. So the NFL is certainly looking to export the game, but import people's hearts, minds, and wallets. This feels like the the logical next step for almost all these sporting events, or all these all-star games. And, and the NFL is by no means the, the, the first to, to take a step this drastic. The, the NHL, as you know, Scott, got rid of its standard five-on-five all-star game in favor of the, of the three-on-three variety. I think most fans love and it. Skills and, and the skills competition. And the skills competition. Yeah, yeah, trick is, shot. Yeah. They did in Vegas last year. They had players play poker by shooting pucks at, at large playing cards, which I thought was, was both innovative for the city they were in and also fairly fun. Yeah, this feels like the, the way to do it is, is to find a, a more fun or, or more lighthearted version of your game and then also blend that with other fun challenges where you get to see these athletes doing things that are tangentially related to your sport, but in, in a fun, a new way. And, 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 and in talking about your focus group of one and, and young fans, this is the kind of things that, that, that young sports fans really like to see as well. Not a new concept at all, Scott. I'm sure it made you think of superstars as well. The great, uh, the great TV show where, where Wait a minute. from different. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. How did you know I was going to go there? <laughs> And then I was going to take the there, next but. step. My, this is my free idea to all network executives. Like, yeah. bring back, you're too young. I don't think you're old enough, although you're getting pretty old. I don't think you're old enough to remember Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah, to have watched not. it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to, to watch Robert Conrad of, you know, Black Sheep and you know, Team Captains. Uh, it was like CBS. And then it was only three. So it was CBS, NBC, and ABC. And the stars of the shows on the respective networks. Now, of course, these days, We'd have to divvy it up like, you know, we can start with the over the airs, you know, the majors. So we'll have CBS, NBC, Fox and, and ABC. Right. So they're your four teams. And then you have to set up some draft like, OK, who gets Hulu? Who gets Netflix? <laughs> who gets, you know, Paramount? You know, obviously. So you, you get I don't care which company owns it. No, that doesn't automatically go with no, you get to you get to draft the streaming services. Right. I, I'm telling you, people would absolutely flock to their TVs to see like a modern version of Battle of the Network Stars. I think that I think that's right. And, and again, the, the the NFL can do a, a, an insular version of that in, in kind of however they want. The, the one caveat here, Scott, is that for a lot of athletic competition, it's not just hitting that makes these guys nervous. There's, there's a If you put them on a track and had them run a 100-yard dash, I imagine a lot of them also wouldn't want to go all out for the same reasons. They just don't want to get hurt. Was it, um, I believe his name was Robert Edwards, the, 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 the Patriots running back who tore his ACL, I think, or tore a ligament in, in his knee doing a flag football game at the Pro Bowl. Was that Bowl on the beach? Was that Decades ago. Yeah, it was on the beach. Yeah, it was on the beach. Yeah, well, everybody, anybody who's ever run in sand knows that's a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yes, I'm just saying that the, the, the NFL is going to have to find 
some sort of competitions that are both compelling for people to watch and also not a massive injury risk for the people who are playing. I'm sure they can find whatever that line is. But I really love the idea of watching these guys showing off their athleticism, their yeah. talent, and their charisma in ways other than a full 11-on-11 tackle football game. And I think the NFL is realizing that too. All right, let's get into sort of the business of sports, of distraction uh, of sport, the Boston Celtics hmm. and, and their situation with Ime Udoka uh, suspended for the entire season. All we know is that for an inappropriate relationship with somebody in the organization, I, I'm first of all, Wick Grosbeck um, uh, held his press conference, uh, Brad Stevens alongside him, the president of basketball operations. I, I got to tell you, Evan, like, this team is coming off a great year. This is one of the highly regarded young coaches. I don't know what exactly happened. Nobody knows, and I don't even get the criticism for for the uh, for the team not having coming out and detailing everything. I mean, there there, is, there are privacy concerns here, things they can and they cannot say. Clearly, clearly, they had an investigation. Clearly, what they found out. Uh, must have been pretty darn serious for them to take this drastic step. And you know me, what do I do? First thing, Mike McCann, what do you think? Tell me, <laughs> tell me about it, right? And he's like, well, this could be, this is an unusually long suspension, prelude to perhaps him just being let go, giving them time to negotiate a, a buyout. Um, but you know, reading Mike McCann on this, it, it's clear this is not your everyday faux pas for a, a professional sports team coach. And the way that this story broke was in a, a, a very weird and vague way through the, the, the normal newsbreaking channels around the NBA that, that led to a lot of people jumping to conclusions way before they should have. And, 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 and there were a lot of people that had some pretty hot takes about who was in the right and who was in the wrong here, Scott, without knowing any of the, the full facts. And none of those full facts are really public Quite yet, it's it's not hard to envision a number of different situations in which uh, a coach of an NBA team having a relationship, even if it's consensual, with uh, a woman on his staff can be problematic in a whole host of ways. We just don't know any of those details yet. So a lot of people who, who rush to judgment about whether Ime had done all these horrible things or whether the Celtics were doing all, all these things that were unfair to him, it just feels like a, a lot of, of, of wasted words until we have more information. Um, and I thought Mike McCann's story is, is great because it just details essentially just the facts here, right? The, the, the team says that without giving too much detail, he violated team policy, multiple accounts of team policy. Uh, there was an outside investigation done by a law firm. They obviously feel very comfortable uh, with the suspension that they gave. And, and we'll see if, if in a year he returns to the bench and is the, is the head coach of the Celtics or if in a, in a year or even earlier than that, there's even more punishment coming. But I, I found this to be actually fairly frustrating just as a as a neutral sports media observer, just because of how quickly the takes came out before any of the details actually followed. Oh, facts don't matter anymore. You know, th <laughs> this is straight up entertainment. You know, I often uh, lobby for a little restraint, but what fun is that when you say, you know, if, if my job is to get on TV or get on whatever platform and and wax on whatever is going on and give people hot takes and fuel the cycle for the next 24 there's no 24 hour for 20, 24 minutes right you know th there's no there's no restraint in, in all that and when you have something called there is a hashtag nba twitter 
Like you hmm. can't have it both ways. You're going to get the rampant speculation. And Brad Stephen Dressy got teary-eyed, uh, you know, and, and he said, you know, what about all this bullshit, right? That's what he said during his, but what, what do you expect is going to happen, right? What, what, do you, what do you expect? Especially, by the way, if the team is unable, I'm not saying unwilling, I'm saying if the team is unable to provide specifics, you're going to get that rampant speculation. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Move on. You did what you did. Uh, but uh, more interestingly to me now, Ime Uduka, shortly on the heels of Bob Sarver, you know, sort of being pushed to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. You had Neil Oshie, Trailblazers. You know, he was intimidating staff. They said he lost his job. Gerson Rosas, Minnesota Timberwolves, improper relationship. I don't understand how, like, now, uh, how often would you, just to save all this, uh, and, and I say kudos to the Celtics, like, the, what more would you want them to do? They found out about something. They hired a law firm to do the investigation. Here are the facts. Here are our rules. Here's our, here's our punishment. Okay, and even Adoka himself said, I accept it, and I apologize. And you know, again, I don't think we're going to get all the nitty-gritty facts. But how often, if I was the owner of an NBA team or an NFL team, pro sports, am I running independent investigations? <laughs> do you have to do this every six months? Like, just have a firm on retainer and be like, you know what? Come on in every six months. Uh, at the end of every season, talk to every single person in the organization. Give them anonymity and be like, What's going on? What do you need to tell us, if anything? It, it should be happening probably way more yeah. than it is, Scott. Especially around, I mean, in issues like this, this is not the only NBA team that has people uh, in in inappropriate relationships across the organization, right? This is this is hardly uh, the, on its face. This isn't sports level. specific. This happens everywhere. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, as as there is more and more sensitivity around these topics in the workplace and more and more sports teams are dealing with the fallout of what happens when they are not handled or when they're not reported or when, when, when the actual punishment isn't enough. Yeah. I think there's going to be added sensitivity to it as well. By the way, the component of this that we have not heard a lot about is the NBA team, the WNBA team get a lot of attention, but you know, Bob Sarver also owns a La Liga team yeah. in Mallorca. And what we've heard is crickets, or, or I guess I best, you know, if we're going to do this, what we've heard is nada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a different moral authority in European soccer than there is in a lot of, um, of U.S. sports leagues. I mean, that that is evidenced by the way that uh, evidenced by who owns a lot of those franchises and the way in which owners are held accountable for things that happen both within their franchise or in other parts of their business lives. I would be surprised right now if La Liga makes any kind of move to make Robert sell. Mallorca in the way that it seems as though the the NBA engine kind of nudged him in in that direction with his NBA and WNBA teams. I could be well, totally. Would have to, I think that would I could be totally within. wrong on that. I mean, well, you'd have to say are the Mallorca players saying you know we don't want to play for this guy? Are the sponsors saying we don't want our brand next to uh, a team that's affiliated with this guy? And that's are that's, the that's what partners? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, the whole engine has to rev up in the way that it did here around the W and the NBA. And I'm just not convinced that that's going to happen 5,000 miles away. Nor am I. In, in but there's also country. a direct yeah. NBA tie, though. There is a direct NBA. One of the investors in Mallorca is the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash. And Long time you know, sounds you, great. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you just wondered, is Steve, do you, is there reputational harm being business partners with Bob Sarver? 
I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I, I think I, I find it very interesting that it was it was quick. It was harsh. You know, there was vocal. And again, from La Liga and the team, we see nada. So here, here's a uh, an impossible to answer hypothetical. But if this was a report that came out of Spain about Robert Sarver and his ownership of Mallorca, how yes. much do you think the NBA players and WNBA players who play for other organizations he owns, but not the organizations where all of this conduct took place, given, how different do you think the reaction would be? Given the exact same set of facts, yeah, only it occurred at Mallorca. Yeah, I believe the NBPA. And the WNBPA response would be the same. Interesting. 100% the same. Got it. There'd be very little room for Bob Sarver to say, well, it was over there. Just, I, I, I understand. I think it's the, 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 the cross the continent, you know, the cross, cross, uh, cross Europe there. I think something's getting lost in translation. Um, it just, I'm, I'm not sure that the players care, frankly. I'm not sure they care. Uh, or, I mean, we haven't heard. That, that they do. But it'll be interesting to see if something does bubble up, uh, especially from the limited partners and team sponsors. All right. He is Edmund Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Media Network.